0: Welcome to the Legacy Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info.
1: We're doing a series, It's a Star Journey uh, to Christmas. You know, I, I said it earlier that every, uh, everything in the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus. And there's some ugly stuff that happens in the Old Testament but our doctrine doesn't come from the Old Testament. We pick out the promises in the Old Testament that Jesus fulfilled, and that's what we live in. Amen? Amen. So the star pointed to the Savior, the one that came, and his name is Jesus. Are y'all with me this morning? Amen. All right. So everything you look in the Old Testament, don't go and get your doctrine that you're going to go and kill your enemy. Okay? The, you know, Jesus said, love your enemy. We follow Jesus' word, and we're going to stay with Jesus. All right, so we're going to uh, look at some things, but we're talking about peace today, and it's so awesome that God has given us peace. And I'm going to rattle your bones a little bit today, and uh, but you know what? Mine need rattling, and because too many times we let our peace go. Amen. Let me say this before we start: the devil can't take your peace, your spouse can't take your peace. YOUR CHILDREN CAN'T TAKE YOUR PEACE. NOBODY CAN TAKE YOUR PEACE UNLESS YOU GIVE IT TO THEM. YEAH. OKAY. SO so LET'S LOOK AT OUR FOUNDATION SCRIPTURES. ROMANS 14, 17 SAYS, FOR THE KINGDOM OF GOD, THE KINGDOM OF GOD, YOU WANT TO KNOW WHAT THE KINGDOM OF GOD IS LIKE? IT'S NOT EATING AND DRINKING, BUT IT'S RIGHTEOUSNESS, RIGHT STANDING WITH GOD, AND PEACE AND JOY IN THE HOLY SPIRIT. WHEN YOU GOT BORN AGAIN, THE HOLY SPIRIT CAME AND RECREATED YOU ON THE INSIDE. But guess what? He gave you righteousness, peace, and joy. And let's look at this too in Galatians five twenty two. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. You already have the nature of God. It's in your spirit, man. And that's where we got to change our thinking. Oh, real quick. There was this guy. He was felling out of high school. He was a junior. And his, he was going to quit. And his mama said, uh, and I may not get the numbers right, but his mama said, just take the SAT for me and you know, see if you you can go to college. And so he went and took the SAT, and and he waited, and man, it was a few weeks later, he'd come back, and, and I don't remember, it was like 1380. And he goes, his mama said, did you cheat? He goes, I tried, but I didn't cheat. He goes, oh, you couldn't cheat. It was A, B, or C, D, you know? And he said, I, I just filled it out. and And man, he got a scholarship to college, and He said, I am smart. he quit hanging out with the wrong people, and he finished his senior year, went to college. He started a magazine company. He owns his own magazine. He's an an entrepreneur. And and 12 years later, he gets a letter in the mail that they sent him the wrong score. (laughs) He scored 740. And people said, well, your life changed when you scored that high score. He goes, no, my life changed when I started thinking I was smart. You don't think like Jesus. You don't think and you don't believe that Jesus has given you love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness, and all these things. You don't think that you're worthy. But he remember, righteousness, right standing with God. It's not what you do that gives you right standing. The devil's always going to say, you're not good enough. And then there goes your peace. But you're right because of the blood of Jesus. Man, our Savior came to make us right, and He came to give us peace, and He came to give us joy and long-suffering. That's all inside of us. We got to develop it. Come on, if I brought a baby up here and I said, he can't walk, he can't talk, he can't feed himself, he's not a baby. He's not a human. That's baloney. He has to develop. So all you seasoned Christians, you got to give these baby Christians some time to develop. Okay, just saying. Number one, let's talk real quick about the promise. About the promise, the promise of peace, the promise of peace, in Luke two thirteen, and I want to challenge you on Christmas morning, Christmas Eve, before you open gifts, read Luke two. I like Luke two. Matthew's great. I, I bounce from Matthew to Luke, or get the kids to read it. But it's the Christmas story, and look, and and it says in Luke two thirteen and fourteen, and suddenly there was an angel. With the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, "Glory to God in the highest On earth, peace." And goodwill towards men. Isn't that good? Now, you know, in the Old Testament, you probably got this hanging on the wall somewhere, and you've heard it a thousand times. In Jeremiah 29, 11, so for I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, we always go at that scripture, and I've got a future. God's got a plan for me. God's got a plan for me. But let's go back. Just five, five, six words. Peace. If you don't have peace, you ain't getting the plan. Excuse my English. You are not getting the plan. You ain't getting it. You're not getting it. I don't care how you say it. Your peace will rob you of your future. No peace. Think about that. I can't do it. I can't do it. So that's no peace on the inside. If you want a future and hope in God, you gotta go and establish some peace right here. Do you know that the they were captives? Think if somebody came, Montana came down to, to Virginia and took us all to Montana and made us slaves. Oh, this is the way you'd be walking. They took us away from my home. So, in the Vietnam War, there was a gentleman who was captured. And he was put in a cage like this, a bamboo cage that he could not break out of. And everybody in all the cages are crying and, 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 you know, the thing about being a prisoner of war, they want to steal your hope, they want to steal your peace, and they want to steal your joy. And everybody's crying. They take him out and beat him every now and then to give him something else to do. He's in a cage. And in his heart, he would close his eyes and he would think of something that brought him peace and so his eyes are closed, and he would go in his mind. See, this is what your imagination's for, to go after peace. And he would start playing golf on his favorite golf course. And in his mind's eye, he's in a cage. He can't go anywhere, but in his mind's eye, he's, he steps up to the first tee. He puts the ball on the ground. He takes a practice swing, and all of a sudden, he hits it, and it's straight down the fairway. See, my eyes are closed because I'm seeing myself on the first time I ever played golf But it wasn't straight down the fairway. (laughs) Shh, don't tell nobody that. But it was straight down the fairway, and he walked in, he got his bags, and he's going, and he hits it over, and he lands on the green. It's three feet from the cup. And he plays 18 holes. And then he goes the next day, he's playing 18 holes on another golf course. And it's bringing him peace, and it's bringing him hope, because he's still in a cage. But not in here. It's like the little boy said, you can make me sit in a corner, but on the, in- outside, I'm st- on the inside, I'm still standing up. You can be rebellious on the inside. But God wants us to have peace. The end of the story is he got saved, came to America, put him in a hospital, got him strong. And guess what? The first, You know what? One of the first things he does, he goes and plays golf. And he played the best game of golf he had ever played in his life. Because he saw it up here first. That's where your peace starts right here. Your peace don't start out here. If you're looking for somebody to give you peace, give you peace, doesn't take it from you. God's the only one that gives us peace, and He will not take it back from you. He wanted you to have Jesus died so you could have peace. That's better. I'm preaching better than you shouting this morning. In Romans 5, 13, 15, 13, it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. You got to believe it. You got to believe that Jesus gave you that. It's in the salvation package. You know, if you go to Volvo or wherever and work, they got a package. You got an insurance package. You got all these packages. you getting paid. You're getting sick leave. And the salvation package is love, joy, peace, gentleness, kind of healing, righteousness. It's in the package. Say, that's mine. Okay, I'm just trying to help you. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, that gentleman took after the hope of God. That's what your your imagination is not to to watch scary movies. Or whoever wrote that using their imagination for the wrong in the wrong reason in the wrong way. Your imagination is to chase God. To plan plans that I'm gonna get closer to God. You ever plan that? I mean, I've taken a day off and went fishing or hunting. You ever taken a day off to chase God? I'm just saying. Okay, number two, I told you I was going to rattle you this morning, but that's all right. We all need it. Man, I, 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 let, I let my peace get stolen too. Number two, Jesus came to give us peace. We don't have it on there, but Ephesians 2.14 says, For himself is our peace. But Isaiah 9.6, I read it last Sunday, and put Isaiah 9.6 up for us. It says, "A child is uh, For unto us a child is born. Jesus came in the flesh as a child, for unto us a son is given. He's the son of God, and the government will be upon his shoulder. Remember government. We'll talk about that later. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and what? Prince of Peace. Peace. Say it with me, Prince Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. If he lives in you, his spirit lives in you, guess what? You've got peace. And so in John 14:27, Jesus said, "Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let your heart be afraid." Now now he's telling them, "I'm going to the cross. They got troubled. I mean, you know, if somebody you used close to, you knew they were going to die, you'd get a little troubled. But you know what? You got to overcome that trouble that you know where they're going. And if you don't, you got to start working on that. You got to start praying and believing God to get them saved. And then you're going to spend eternity together. We cry over 15 minutes of, uh, I, can't, uh, I can't see them, but 15 minutes in heaven. When you get to heaven, your loved ones say, Y'all here already? We just got here. And they've been gone 50 years. One day is as a thousand years, and, and a thousand years is as a day. Do the math. Come on, it's an hour for 100 years. And you think, man, I'm going to miss them. No, they ain't missing you. They're having a wonderful time. John 16 33, these things I, I have spoken to you that, you that in me you may have peace. In the world you would have tribulation. Everybody say tribulation. Yes. If you're not in it now, it's coming. But guess what? That's out there. Not in here. Not in here. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Jesus is our peace. Now, here's where I really want to get to, and here's where, you know, number three. It's time to maintain. It's time for you to maintain and walk in peace. So let's talk about how, you know, I just laid it out that you're supposed to have peace. Peace is the foundation Love is a foundation. You know what? Pillars, whatever you want to call them. Love is a foundation. Everything works by love, the Bible says. Everything also works by peace. It's a foundation. If you don't have peace, you're in trouble. How can you have faith without peace? You see, that's how you know you're in faith. If you ever prayed and asked God and believed God for something, how do you know that you're believing and you have believed as you have peace? If you're going to make a decision, peace is the, is the qualifier. Peace is, the, is, is how you know I'm to move forward. I'm going to move forward. As long as I got peace, I'm moving forward. If I don't have peace, wait a minute. Well, wait a minute. Judge yourself right now. If you don't have peace, what's going on that took your peace? What happened? What happened? I don't care, maybe you was five, maybe you was three, maybe you was 40, and something stole your peace and you still hadn't got it back. No. Let me talk just a quick thing. In January, we're doing 28 days. Uh, uh, we're going to be praying and, and 28 days of prayer. And, and I want to challenge you to do that with us. I'm going to give a book to everybody, and you can go through it every day, but I'm also going to challenge you to fast. And, and, and I was talking to uh, somebody yesterday, and I said, what, what would you fast? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Food. Everybody went, food, because they don't like to fast food. The food. Well, you know what? Fasting food gets your body in line, and so you can hear God. Fasting doesn't change God. It changes you. But I was listening to a minister, and, I was, uh, and, and he said the Lord told him to fast And I bet none of you have ever thought about this. And the Lord said, I want you to fast worry. He said, What? He goes, I want you to fast worry. You have been worrying and worrying and worrying. And the Lord said, It's time to fast worry. He said, Lord, I'm going to fast worry. Okay, I'm going to fast worry. How do I get a hold of this worry? The Holy Spirit helped him. He called upon the Holy Spirit, Help me to fast worry. Help me to fast fear. How about that? Help me to fast dis- discontentment. Help me to fast worry so I can get peace. So he went to the peace scriptures. He, and, he, and he combated that, and the Holy Spirit helped him. And he went a whole month without even worrying about anything. But then it wants to slip back. You know how worry does. The devil's going to bring it to you, and people are going to tell you, well, you don't look good. Just, you, know, you know how you got those good friends? You look bad. Well, you sick? No. What's the matter with you? I'm growing this ugly beard right here, and, and it got out about three weeks ago. I'm going to the store with my wife, and she left her phone, and I'm carrying it to her, and she goes, you mad at me? I said, no, this beard just makes me look like I am. <laughs> I'm going to shave it here in a little bit. But, you know, that's why she said, I don't like that beard because you don't look happy. <laughs> I got you know, to work harder to smile now. But the thing about it is, got to maintain your peace and, and you got to have that understanding. And Romans 5, 1 says, therefore, having been justified by faith, if you believe that you're the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ, you're justified. You've been justified by faith. We have peace with God. Peace, again, is our spiritual foundation. It's a foundation. you got to go back and establish it. Come on, this is how you combat anger you got anger issues, this is how you combat worry. This is how you combat these things. And so uh, in 1 Corinthians 4, 14, 33, he says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Let that sit there just a minute. Let's read it again. For God is not the author of confusion, well, that's just confusing to me, Pastor. How come I have confusion? It's not God. How come I have anger? Not God. How come I am worrying? It's not God. That's our, that's our foundation. Peace. If the peace is missing, it's not God. Come on. If, 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 yeah, if, when you start getting out of the peace of God, it's time to back up. Okay, Lord, I had peace before I made that decision. Cause God'll tell you go for it. He, you know you have a choice in this life. He didn't. Did God visit you and tell you what to wear today? He didn't. Me, never has. But He will give you a witness on what to wear to reach certain people. If you go going to a rodeo and you're going to witness somebody, it'd be best to wear some boots. Paul said, "I'm be all things to all men that I might reach one." Huh? Ah. but peace is what we're talking about. We need to be led by peace. Led by peace. It's one of the ways God leads. God, we can hear his voice. We have an inner witness. A still, small voice. Remember Elijah in the cave? Wind blew, wind blew so hard the rocks broke. That's some wind. The fire and the whirlwind came. God wasn't in that. God said, hey, Elijah, what are you doing hiding in this cave? I've got other people. You're not alone. Why are you afraid? What are you worried about? I'm your peace. I'm your reward. I'm your strength. I'm your shield. I'm the glory and the lifter of your head. I make you an overcomer. I make you more than a conqueror. Come on. Well, you know, Pastor, I can't. I'm just, you don't, not, you're not being humble. Come on, taking a stand on what Jesus paid the price for you to have. Wow, you are a bright shining star then. And people will come up and say, what do you got? How come you're not upset? They're laying off half these people. You may be one of them and you're not worried about it. My God is my supply. He's my source. He's my strength. He's my shield. He's my help. And he's the very present help in time of need. And this is the need. So he's going to help me. That goes back to because I, I, I got to keep my peace. I got to maintain my peace, maintain my faith. Now, Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called in one body, and be thankful. Thanksgiving, come on, it goes along with peace. Well, you ain't got nothing to be thankful about. You don't have any peace. Griping and complaining. You ever met somebody like that, gripe and complain about everything? They have no peace. It's too hot in here. The lights are bright. Come on. So, I'm going to give you an example. Jesus was ruled by peace. He wasn't afraid of lepers, He wasn't afraid of sickness, He wasn't afraid of the Pharisees. He went about doing good and healing all who oppressed the devil. How about this one of the most Mark Four, one of his most famous things that he did that he calmed the storm? And I've said it a hundred times, and I'm looking at it a little different, that Jesus calmed the storm from the peace that was on the inside of him. He had to have some peace to be able to sleep. Anybody other than me ever been in a boat with the wind going crazy, and man, it's up and down, and, and oh, help us, Lord. Help us get to the bank. You know, I've been in four-foot waves. They're not that much, but when you're in a 10-foot John boat, it is. Come on, told my brother, get back here with me, and we get that front of that boat up, and we're going to bounce these waves all the way to the bank. Hey, Jesus calmed the storm. Here's the question. Why didn't the disciples do it? Well, they weren't Jesus, Pastor Brett. Oh, yeah, but they've been trained by Jesus for two years because they let the storm in here. You hear me? They looked at the storm, and the storm came in here. Ah, wake him up. Wake him up. We're all going to drown. Wake him up. What are we going to do? Ah, the storm was in here. I've been there. I've been there. I was about 17 years old, and my aunt was a year and a half older than me, and she was in a car wreck. A log fell off a log truck, hit her car. And I pulled over because the traffic was backed up. And I said, That's her car. And they had a tarp over it. Oh, well, I took off running to see if she's okay. And they put a tarp over it because it busted the windshield out and it was raining. And I thought, She's gone. My legs went to rubber. I was like, I couldn't go. She was all right. But fear, peace left. Fear grabbed me. Just like it did the disciples, just like it does us. But we have to maintain our peace. We have to stop and we go, nope, I got the peace of God. I'm going to overcome. If she did, she was going to bust heaven wide open. She was a child of God. But we like, oh, we have to maintain our peace. We have to hold on to our peace. Mm. See, they looked at the sea and the sea went into them. You cannot let anything in to steal your peace. I know know people in this room, and like me, and I have spoke to storms of sickness in people's lives. Peace be still. And I have prayed with people and tried to meet people where they're at. But guess what? People, you, you can't give something you don't have. And you can't walk in something you don't have. I prayed for people, can you agree with me that God's going to do something? And I walk out the door and they say, well, I never thought I'd go to the beach again. I just prayed that God's going to do something. But their heart was set that it's over. Don't care what I say. Don't care. They, they don't care because their heart set. You be careful what you set your heart on. Yeah, you have got to set your heart on Jesus who brings healing, who brings peace, who brings joy, who brings everything that we need. Here's, 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 here's the, uh, the, the rough one. The environment around you will always manifest what's happening on the inside of you. You've met those people, and I have too. They're just totally chaotic. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And you pray with them, get them settled down, and the next day, they're totally chaotic. They're back in the same thing. Somebody won't trying to kill themselves. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The next same day because they have no peace. They're robbed. They have, they're robbed of their future and their hope. Come on, say, I want peace. I want peace. Say, as a, fact, as a matter of fact, it's mine. It's mine. Come on, say, it's mine. it's mine. The peace of God is mine. So, so there are two kinds of people, and this is where I don't want to rattle to you too hard. They're peacemakers and they're troublemakers. And most people who are troublemakers don't really mean to be a troublemaker. They just have no peace, and therefore they bring trouble. You really like working with those, don't you? No. So ask yourself, are you a peacemaker or a troublemaker? I've been a troublemaker before. Ask my wife. Sometimes I just have fun with it, but sometimes it's just, you know, I I bring trouble because I don't have any peace. When I let somebody steal my peace or something steal my peace or even my wife steal my peace or my children steal my peace, I become the troublemaker. If you can't look at somebody and speak to them and have peace about it, you got to deal with that. I know this is not a Christmas message where it's all candy, cotton candy, and, but it is the truth. Jesus came to give us peace and it doesn't matter what's happening Around us in the storm of life, when we face the storm of life, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, uh, they, 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 the world says, you know what, count to 10. If you're going to get angry, count to 10. Well, I got a scripture for that. Be still and know that I'm God. Back up. Okay, Lord, I'm about to whip every child in this room. I'm going to get all my kids lined up. I don't act like you never thought about that. I've done it, but they, that's why they warp. No, they're not. But you're like, oh, okay, Lord, I don't want to do this in anger, but I want to talk to them about this. Right. See, so I back up. Because I have, we just, just went in and cleaned the house, and then I set them all down and cried and repented. Yeah. You know, that's why I have a good relationship with my kids, because I repent, they know I repent to them when I miss it. Yeah. See, that, that's a key, is always, you're not, be, be too proud as a parent to say, you know what, I missed it. Don't be too proud to say your friends, I missed it. Don't be too proud to say anybody. You know what? I was frustrated and I missed it. Because I've been frustrated and missed it. I repent even when I'm right. Let that sit on you a minute. Be a peacemaker. If they can't steal your peace, it doesn't matter. Peace on you. Hey, I want to repent to you. I want to ask you to forgive me. Somewhere, some way I took your peace. You don't have to say that. Just repent. I want peace. Be the peacemaker. Jesus said, love your enemy. I don't care if it is your spouse. Love them anyway. <laughs> Sometimes you'll say, you know what? I, I love you, but I don't like you right now. Because <laughs> they'll get on you last night. Just so oh, were well, your kids. I love you, but I ain't liking you right now. It's all right, but you can't live there. You can't live there because it will eventually steal your peace, and it will rob you to peace with God. And the whole world, the whole world needs the God's peace. And you're the example. I'm the example. You're the example for the peace of God. God wants us to have that peace. Now, we're fixing to dive in just a little bit about maintaining this peace. But as I, we already read Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, where a son is given. Huh? A child is born, a son is given, and he's the princip. And remember I said the government will be on his shoulders. When we think of government, we think the U.S. Capitol, the president. We think of kings. We think of this and that and the other. But how many of you know that Like most school buses have a governor on them? What does that governor do? Keeps them from going too fast. You can't do, you know, you, you can't do over 70 miles an hour. As a matter of fact, most of them that stay in town, they're probably governored down. and they can't do over 45. They're governored. My car is blowing out there. No. And so, so think about that. You've got to let Jesus govern your mind. You've got to let Jesus govern your mind. That's why you're worrying all the time. You're not letting Jesus govern your mind. How do you let Jesus govern your mind? You get into the Word of God. You chase that scripture that promises all these, all these I read all these scriptures and one and two just to lay the foundation that we need peace. And you've got peace in your spirit, but your mind may go crazy on you. Your mind, you know, just like that, you hear that car horn out there, bom, bom. when my kids first started driving, I had three of them driving, I, every ambulance and siren I heard, oh, the devil said something that. Like, they had a wreck. They had a wreck. Well, they're going to live and not die. I combated. They're going to live and not die. That metal car can be replaced, but they're, fl- they're going to live and not die. If they even shut up, devil, get out of here. The devil used to come to every time we had a storm. Y'all, that was horrible. We need to pray over those people. We're going to be uh, taking up offering to, uh, for all those people and to help with good, uh, the Samaritan's Purse and God's pit crew and different ones and uh, to go help those people in that tornado. But I've been through tornadoes. And I tell you what, the, the devil used to tell me as a kid, you're going to die today. You're going to die. Because that was instilled in me by my grandmother. Dark cloud come up, we're under a table. And I'm like, why are we under a table? At five years old, can't figure this out. Because she was afraid of storms. I became afraid of storms. I had, to, I had to go after that. I walked out in a storm and said, you know what? I'm a child of God. If I get struck by lightning right now, I'm going to go to heaven. If the wind takes me up and takes me out of Kansas and to whatever, you know, a hurricane, a tornado comes, I'm gonna live. I'm gonna live, I'm gonna live forever. I quit, I'm not, I'm tired of being afraid of storms. I'm like a 20-year-old, 21-year-old. I'm supposed to be bulletproof and I'm walking out in there. I am tired of these storms. God doesn't send storms. Come on, let's get it right. Jesus would have been fighting God to calm that storm. And so we need to think about it and, and to know. Uh, that Jesus is our Prince of Peace. So let's look at Philippians 4. We've got a lot of scripture here, so you stay with me. Everybody say, stay with him. In Philippians 4, 6 through 8, says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Philippians 4, 6 through 8, let your requests be made known to God. Come on, with thanksgiving, be anxious for nothing. That's worry. What we're going to do, be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes understanding. Come on. I want the peace of God that passes understanding. I want the joy of the Lord to be my strength and says the peace of God, which passes understanding will guard your heart. Everybody say guard my heart and minds through Jesus. How do you do that? Glad you asked. Verse 8. It says, finally, brethren, finally, people, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, it's talking about Bible stuff, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. How I many of y'all go to the bad report all the time and live in a bad report? You've got to change that and go to the good report. Just like I said, the devil said, Well, your kids had a wreck. Nope, we got a good report. They're gonna live and not die. Come on. And if there be, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, think on these things or meditate on these things. Let Jesus govern your thoughts by the word of God. Think on these things. Quit thinking about the worst gonna happen. Eeyore. You oh, know, I knew it. I knew it was gonna happen. I was believing God that the bad would happen. It's exactly what you say. When you say you knew something bad was going to happen, you were believing it. Fear. Fear will cause bad things to happen. We have got to be a people of faith. That's our 2022 declaration. Is our church. We are a people of faith. It's time to believe God. Can you believe God with me? It's time to believe God. It's time to start thinking about what God said and what God did. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? How would Jesus act? Did Jesus ever go, ah? No. No. It's time to get a grip on our emotions. It's time to get a grip on our thinking. It's time to quit letting people steal our, our peace, our faith, and just rest in God. Kind of oxymoron. Hebrews says, let us labor To enter into the rest of God. Our job is to rest in God, to trust God, to believe God. To believe God for the best, to believe his word. Amen? We got a video right here. I want you to watch. This guy's a poet, and he's talking about Christmas. So turn your eyes to the screen, and let's watch this video.
0: So that the world may know peace is the whole reason for the Christmas story. I don't normally open with my punchline, but after this year, I think we can all agree, peace has been hard enough to find, so I'm not looking to waste your time with clever wordplay or metaphors. I just know we need hope more than ever before. Because unlike ever before, you can literally read never-ending hurt on Facebook posts and in Twitter feeds. And almost every week, it seems we create another hashtag headstone. Followed up by arguments with no regard to just how hard Christmas is gonna be for a family in that home on this year. So many protests welling up out of passionate fear, filling the streets over political people we will never meet. I see people placing their hope in promises that we all know won't keep, and still the news grows increasingly bleak with stories of tragedy after catastrophe. Rumors of economic shatterings, a drug epidemic no one's talking about cause we traded truth for substitutes and they ain't really working out. So I think if the world is to ever know peace, there couldn't be a better time than now. In this Christmas season where we can run back to that sacred account it has been echoed for ages on end. A prophecy of a holy God to struggling sinful men that says in order for the world to know peace, a child must be born to us the son will be given. The prophecy then states the government will be his alone for the lifting. His names will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and our Prince of Peace. As for the greatness of his government and peace within, they say there will be no end to it, absolutely no finite measurement. Such a promise as this held all of creation in breathlessness for over 700 years without a single shred of evidence, but then on a midnight clear in Bethlehem, a star proclaimed God was finally with men. It was the first recorded Christmas held in a dirty, dirty stable where God incarnate laid as a baby in the manger. All of heaven sang of a Savior, and shepherds came with tears bigger than Cubs fans in November. The world's first time with Christ is why we celebrate every December December. My friends, I'll say it again, that the world may know peace is the real reason for Christmas. This isn't a ploy to make you forget about pain and reality. It's just so you know my God's in the business of being peace to humanity. So down to earth he came knowing full well he would have to be pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. He took all of our punishment so we might be free and by his wounds we might meet peace. I hope you're getting this. Peace isn't found in a Healing. Jesus Christ is peace. I wrote this just so that you could meet him. Merry Christmas.
1: So, so let's take a moment. Let's take a moment. And I want you to look at your heart today. You see, with salvation comes an assurance. My salvation doesn't live up here because there's some days I wake up and I don't feel like I'm saved. But in here, I know I'm saved. I know I have the peace of God. I know you can't talk me out. There's no nothing on the internet that can talk me out that God's not real, that Jesus did not come, because His Spirit lives on the inside of me, and I ask His Spirit every day to reveal Himself to me, show me, talk to me, speak to me. And I have walked with God too long to walk away from Him. See, there's an assurance that I have that you're supposed to have. So would you close your eyes today? I want you to look at your heart. Do you have that assurance? Are you filled with God? Do you know what? If I don't stay filled with God, it depletes. Matter of fact, if I let someone steal my peace, it cracks me and I bleed out peace everywhere and I don't have any. I lose my joy. I don't lose my salvation. I just lose my peace and joy. I lose the strength to overcome. And God wants overcomers. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. If you're here today and you're not sure that you're a child of God, would you lift your hand? Let me pray over you. If that's you, would you lift your hand and say, I want to get saved today, Pastor Brett. Anyone. Maybe you're here today and you know what? My peace is gone. Lord, help me. If that's you, let me pray over you. If that you, lift your hand. God sees. I see you. I see you. God wants to take care of anger. God wants to take care of strife. God wants to take care of worry today. God said, we're going to take care of it all, and you're going to walk in peace. So let's all pray together. Y'all ready? Pray this with me. Say, Father, I believe that Jesus came not only for my salvation, but for me to have peace and joy Lord I'm tired of worrying I'm tired of being angry help me Holy Spirit show me what I need to do give me scriptures every day help me to be encouraged in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Amen look at me If you will get encouraged, you will become an encourager. God wants every one of us to be an encourager. God wants every one of us to walk in that peace and that joy, that strength. But we have to go after it. It doesn't just happen. Let's maintain it. Amen, amen?
0: Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info.